You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. I sat in the labor and delivery room in the hospital. I had been pushing for three hours. The OB had been running in and out of the room, performing surgery for other people, attending to other women, and returning to my bedside, and finally suggested that after three hours, birthing people get tired. She suggested pulling out the forceps to help Charlie come into the world. Her suggestion seemed reasonable. Then she described the risks. The risks including skull fracture and brain bleed, tearing, and I thought, yeah, I am getting tired. Let's do this. And then her words slowly began to enter my brain. Skull fracture, brain bleed, tearing. And I made eye contact with my sister. And we exchanged an incredulous look. My sister asked, um, if this doesn't work, can she keep pushing? The OB responded, if this doesn't work, we'll have to do a C-section. At that point, my brain began to swirl. The anxiety mounted, and I immediately burst into tears as the fear and anxiety flooded my system. What if I can't push her out? What if she gets injured? My stomach dropped, and I knew the forceps were not the way to go. The moment felt tense, and I knew that I was the only one who could make the decision. I was the only one who could push Charlie out, and I didn't know if I could do it. Have you ever been at the point of decision when anxiety takes over? Seemingly, or actually, life and death meeting each other in one moment. My little sister, after having her own experience bringing two kids in the world, called me into motherhood that day. Her birthing experience was very different than mine, but she knew what I needed in that moment. She implored, Lauren, you can do this. She saw me and called me forth, making a pathway in the darkness, helping me sharpen my anxiety into anticipation and purpose. At this point, the OB had already invited the other staff into the room who would look after Charlie when she was born. My sister asked if I could keep pushing, and the OB reluctantly agreed and shooed the additional medical staff out. My sister grabbed one leg and my doula grabbed the other, and they cheered me on. Lauren, you got this, you got this, you can do this, go Lauren. The adrenaline kicked in and a tremendous force surged through my body. With God as my midwife, holy and whole, met me in those moments and in four or five pushes, Charlie was in the OB's arms and was placed crying on my chest. In a moment, I had traversed the expanse from maiden to mother a journey that had taken 41 weeks of gestation, 15 and a half hours of labor, and the growth of one tiny little embryo into a six pound, two ounce human being. Similarly to how John prepared the way for Jesus, my heart was prepared to become Charlie's mom in ways I didn't even realize at the time. In fact, I had participated in a business mastermind, and some of the women um, spoke about this call to become and to embody the mothering energy for the world through their businesses. And I was like, yeah, me too. 
However, while I thought I was going to be a mother through my business, I ended up getting pregnant with an actual child. If we take a look at the text, we can see John paving the way for Jesus. John was a way shower through his actions, through the baptisms he performed, and the good news he shared, and he knew something greater was coming, even though he never lived to see it fully with his own eyes. His vision and words pierced the darkness and called for the people of Judea and Jerusalem to repent and experience forgiveness. John embodied the words from Isaiah, and he participated in the story of the good news, his story woven into Jesus' life and the larger story of God in human form. Wrapped in promises from God, John walked a path that he had never walked before. And in the same way, John prepared the way for Jesus. We get to participate in um, how God is making a way for us to birth, for us for birth and death and resurrection, and the many seasons of our lives as part of the larger narrative of God made flesh. I imagine our community as, as a potluck dinner with a seat for us to claim and for us to bring what we have. Our strengths, our struggles, our gifts, our wounds, we bring it all when we come to this community as house, and it is needed for us to strengthen each other and embody the good news. Your struggles may be different than mine, but your wins strengthen me to overcome my struggles as my wins strengthen you. I needed my sister that day in the hospital to call me back into my power, to remind me of my strength, and to show me the path that only I could walk, to make strike paths for me. She invited me to shift my identity from maid into mother, to reach into myself and tap into strength that made way for Charlie to burst forth. I also had the strength and the power of this community for, with me for when I alone could do the task at hand. I have these beads that were offered as a blessing with words of wisdom that I still carry with me today. John is inviting us to believe and anticipate the better and encourage us that we can hold the duality of life and death until it's time for resurrection to unequivocally burst forth into our lives. I invite us all into the action of belief and faith and to let our hope be louder than the fear and anxiety, to lean into the better that is coming, regardless of what we see with our eyes. As a community, we can hold it all because we hold it all together. Whatever you have, you can bring it to the table of our community. In this way, we get to participate in the coming of the good news. Every time I look at Charlie, I see a promise of new life. I see the resurrection power of God through my unplanned pregnancy, being thrust into single motherhood, and being held when I couldn't see through the darkness of an uncertain future. I see how the faithfulness of God is steadfast and holds me through so much doubt and uncertainty, and how the Holy Spirit weaved support for me through the encouragement and gifts from housemates, the words and support from my family and friends, and every detail along the way. The Holy Spirit whispers to us through every up and down, every trial and triumph, that we become more like Christ, more at home within ourselves, gifts that we can offer to the world. How do we hold the hope of resurrection and life when the outcome isn't guaranteed to be what we want? 
We can because we know who we are. We know we belong to Christ. We know we have each other by our side. Even if nothing looks familiar in our lives and what we wanted or expected is totally different than what is happening now, we still walk together as saints and sinners, whole and broken, powerful and weak, holding the duality of it all. John knew who he was and what he was here to do. And I wonder if John had doubts, if he wanted to go home and sleep in his bed. Did John have evidence that Jesus was even coming? And yet he was out there baptizing and preaching and fulfilling his role and purpose. So what are we being prepared for as a community? What identity are you being called to step into? What in your life can shift from anxiety to anticipation? I will leave you with this quote from Megan Watterson. We remember what joy it is to be human. We remember the light that pierces through our most tragic moments, if we can have the strength to let it. We remember that we are not just this heartbreak the ego endures. We are also a love that is stronger than death. We are also a soul of love that always seeks to love through us. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org giving.